Hello and welcome to Do The Film Thing, a film appreciation and analysis podcast. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and this is episode two of season one. On this podcast, I will be diving into various elements of a film that stand out to me in some form or fashion, from key scenes to the production history of a movie, just to name a few. In this audio essay, we will be exploring director Mira Nair's 1991 sophomore feature, Mississippi Masala, a cross-cultural romantic drama starring Sarita Chowdhury, Denzel Washington, Roshan Seth, and Sharmila Tagore, and the film was written by Suni Taraporavala. Mississippi Masala follows Mina, a young Indian girl whose idyllic childhood in Kampala, Uganda comes to a tumultuous end in 1972 when dictator Idi Amin expels all Asians from the country. Mina and her parents, her father Jay, played by Roshan Seth, and mother Kinu, played by Sharmila Tagore, are forced to flee from their home and they eventually end up in Greenwood, Mississippi. Fast forward 18 years later to 1990, a now 24-year-old Mina, played by Sarita Chowdhury, lives and works at a local motel with her father while her mother runs a nearby liquor store. Now, for the most part, Mina's life in America has largely been uneventful until one day when she winds up in a minor fender bender, during which she meets Demetrius Williams, played by Denzel Washington, a self-employed and self-assured carpet cleaner. Soon after their car accident, both Mina and Demetrius develop quite the mutual attraction, and their growing relationship sets the stage where romantic passions, cultural traditions, and pervasive prejudices collide. One of the elements that stands out to me in Mississippi Masala is how three of the main characters lead lives that seem to be in stasis, as if each of their individual progress has been put on indefinite hold up until the events of the film. For example, the film opens with Mina's father, Jay, who was told by his Ugandan friend Okello, played by Kongam Umbadu, that, quote, Africa is for Africans, black Africans, end quote. Distraught by being driven out of the only country that has been his family's home, we see Jay still pining to return to his home nation after many years away, continually petitioning the Ugandan government to reclaim his old property. His wife Kinu appears to have made her peace with their working-class existence, running a liquor store near the motel that they live and also work in. There is a perpetual sadness to Jay, but Roshan Seth's portrayal imbues the character with an earnest and determined dignity. And while he certainly has his flaws, more on this later, we come to empathize with Jay as he continues to live with his eyes affixed to the past, with the present day totally bereft of value. From his perspective. Jay's daughter, Mina, also lives a stalled existence, 24 years old with seemingly little in the way of viable prospects. There is one moment in the film where Jay tells Mina that she is too intelligent to waste her life cleaning bathrooms. Mina replies by telling her father that when he wins his case with the Ugandan government, she will think about going to college. Unlike her dad, however, Mina has fully embraced American culture, and while she too misses her childhood home of Kampala, she does not ceaselessly mourn what was lost. Still, there is one moment in the film where she tearfully tells her parents that while she has never asked for or expected anything, she has also been stuck in place, unable to move forward as she feels someone her age should have. 
one has to wonder how much progress Mina could have made in her life if history turned out differently back in 1972. Demetrius is another character whose life has also been put on hold in a different way. In a scene where Mina meets Demetrius's aunt Rose, played by Yvette Hawkins, we learn that Demetrius originally planned to attend college, but chose to stay and help his father after his mother passed away. Although Demetrius does appear to have his life together, owning his own carpet cleaning business and carrying himself with a charming and confident swagger, similar to Mina, there is also a sense that he could have achieved and become more than what his circumstances have dictated. We see reflections of his stalled potential through his two brothers, the unemployed Dexter, played by Tico Wells, and the aspiring actor and slick-talking womanizer Tyrone, played by The Rock, Emerson himself, Charles S. Dutton. Dexter's loud boastfulness belies his apparent ineptitude, while Tyrone is chasing the waterfall that is fame and celebrity, with no success to show for it. Now, the central element that makes Mississippi Masala so indelible is the captivating relationship between Mina and Demetrius. Both Sarita Chowdhury and Denzel Washington share a palpable on-screen chemistry. On the director's commentary track on the Criterion Collection Blu-ray of the film, Mira Nair says that when actors work with non-actors, it is, quote, where skill meets truth, end quote. Mississippi Masala was Sarita Chowdhury's first ever acting role. The casting director of the film, Susan Figgis, discovered Chowdhury in London, where she was majoring in film studies. Denzel Washington was fresh from his historic Oscar-winning role in the 1989 Civil War drama Glory, for which he received the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Together, both actors totally illuminate the screen. Watching Chowdhury's performance, it's quite amazing that this was her debut acting role, and working with one of the all-time great actors in Denzel Washington, she shows that she's more than capable for what could have been a daunting task for any novice thespian. Despite Washington's success at the time, Nair also mentions on the commentary track that it was difficult to receive financing for the film, with some studios and other financial backers asking the director why she couldn't cast a white leading man instead. A cold irony it would have been if Nair caved to such demands, considering the film's exploration of intercultural racism and assimilation. Getting back to the characters of Mina and Demetrius, their relationship illustrates what Mina describes herself to be, a masala, which is in her words, a bunch of hot spices. More specifically, Mina and her family are of Indian descent, yet they have never visited India at any point in their lives. Uganda was their birth home, and after their exile from the country, they first made their way to England for a time before eventually settling in the southern United States. Demetrius, an African-American, is too a masala, having grown up in Mississippi like his parents and grandparents before him, but not only having never been to the African continent of his ancestors, but also likely not knowing where his exact roots lie, thanks to the insidious legacy of American slavery. Watching the scenes where Mina and Demetrius grow closer together, from their first formal introduction at a local juke joint, to their first date where Demetrius brings Mina to his father's birthday cookout, to where they share their first kiss alongside the bayou, and to when they first make love, it is a joy to root for them and their budding union. 
A standout scene in the film sees the two engaged in a phone conversation that just radiates sensuality. Demetrius and Mina are both lying in bed in their respective homes. He's asking her what she has on, while the camera shows Mina's legs slowly moving up and down her bed, the white sheet barely covering her bottom half. Now the erotic tension here is just thicker than a bowl of oatmeal with too little water mixed in. Unfortunately, such joy simply cannot be left unbothered, for the less enlightened just have to impose their noxious will. Mississippi Masala brilliantly examines the dynamics of race, racism, classism, and colorism between the black and Indian communities living alongside one another in the film. We see, for example, a glimpse of colorism within the Indian community in a scene where Mina and her parents are attending the wedding of the motel owner Anil, played by Ranjit Chowdhury. There's a young man named Harry Patel who Kinu wants to introduce Mina to, all the while, there are a couple of gossips commenting on Mina, one of whom is actually played by Mira Nair in a cameo appearance. She says, quote, You can be dark and have money, or you can be fair and have no money, but you can't be dark and have no money and expect to get Harry Patel. End quote. The gossips are referring to the more fair-complexioned young man and the darker Mina, insinuating the latter's perceived undesirability. The gossip's words drip with self-loathing irony, considering that both of the smack-talking gossips are also darker-skinned themselves, so by their own brainless logic, they too would not have a chance to woo the Harry Patels of the world. Demetrius and Mina also share their experiences dealing with racism from white Americans in a scene where they meet in Biloxi for a secret out-of-town date. Mina expresses her frustrations at occasionally bearing the brunt of ignorant, racist remarks from white customers at the motel. Demetrius thoughtfully replies by stating, quote, Racism, or as they say nowadays tradition, gets passed down like recipes. Now the trick is, is that you got to know what to eat and what to leave on your plate. Otherwise, you'll be mad forever." End quote. To which Mina adds, quote, and you'll never eat. End quote. Their exchange highlights the banality of prejudice and racism that they and people of color at large have to contend with on a near daily basis. Microaggressions, backhanded slights, thinly veiled hostility, and outright bigotry, just to name a few indignities. One example of what Demetrius is talking about is seen from the experiences of his father Willie Ben, played by Joe Seneca, who works as a waiter at a small, dingy-looking restaurant with private booths separated by dusty-looking curtains and grime-coated walls. From the glimpse we see of his serving the primarily white customers, we get the impression that Willie Ben has had to stomach more than a few indignities in his many decades of service. Mira Nair elaborates further on the commentary track, stating that Willie Ben is an example of, quote, how the black community can get business is tied up with white families that their mothers used to clean their houses for. There is a layering of obligations and favors to make black families advance in life, end quote. This point is also alluded to when Willie Ben scolds Demetrius for getting caught sleeping with Mina and for not knowing the rules. 
Side note, in an earlier scene, they got caught on their secret out-of-town date by Anil and his busybody friends when they barged in their motel room, during which the couple got arrested when Demetrius attempted to defend himself. When they got bailed out by their respective families, gossip about their so-called illicit affair swarms across town like ravenous locusts. Willie Ben bemoans that he wouldn't be able to show his face around town any longer, telling Demetrius that it was a rich white man who helped him get a loan to start his own carpet cleaning business. He implies that it is this very layering of obligations and favors that allowed Demetrius to be successful on his own, knowing what racism-laced plates to eat and what plates to leave on the table. The scene that serves as the heart of the film is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between Demetrius and Mina's father, Jay, which transpires after the scandal that rocks both the black and Indian communities in Greenwood. Demetrius goes to Mina's family's motel and asks to see her, to which Jay comes out to face him instead. Jay tells Demetrius that he thought that he could change the world and be different, but that the world is not so quick to change. Jay also adds that he does not want to see Mina, his only child, endure the same struggle as he did. Demetrius drops cold, hard facts in response, telling Jay, quote, Struggle? I'm a black man born and raised in Mississippi. Ain't a damn thing you can tell me about struggle. I know you and your folks can come down here from God knows where and be as black as the ace of spades, and as soon as you get here, you start acting white and treating us like your doormats. I know that you and your daughter ain't but a few shades from this right here, as he points to his own face. That I know. End quote. Demetrius's words cuts through the hypocritical racism that Jay has espoused up until this moment in the film, and by extension the larger context of anti-black prejudices that are perpetuated by some in Asian communities. Now I mentioned earlier that Jay is a man with flaws chief of which is his overwhelming preference for nostalgia. For example, in an earlier scene, Jay chats with Anil and a couple of his friends, one of whom remarks that despite Jay's previous profession as an attorney, he was kicked out of Uganda by the same black people he defended. Jay replies that, quote, cruelty has no color, end quote. In a flashback scene with his friend Okello, calling back into the film's opening moments, Jay passionately defended his right to remain in Uganda, going so far as to claim that he is Ugandan first and Indian second, a sentiment that has not endeared Jay to his fellow Indians. Okello replies that Uganda is for black Africans. Now that he learns that Demetrius and Mina are in love, the cruelty Jay denounced in his memories of Uganda are so easily perpetuated by himself in the present day. All things considered, looking at the experiences of both Mina and Demetrius, both of their respective communities have much more in common than not. Two minoritized peoples, trying to survive and thrive in a white society, yet they instead stand in judgment of one another. Two additional elements that I enjoy in Mississippi Masala are the writing and the visuals. The film was written by Suni Taraporavala, who also co-wrote Mira Nair's 1988 debut feature Salam Bombay, as well as the 2007 film adaptation of the novel The Namesake. 
In an interview with the Criterion Collection featured on the film's Blu-ray, Tara Porovala mentions that both her and Nair traveled extensively throughout the southern United States, interviewing Indian motel owners, as well as Greenwood, Mississippi and Kampala, Uganda. Their research also led to several changes to the screenplay. For instance, one early version of the story saw Mina and Demetrius on the run from the law after running over a white kid, with Mina eventually getting saved while Demetrius takes the fall. Taraporovala's agent said that this idea was cliché and overdone, to which I'm inclined to agree. Other potential versions included focusing the film on Jay and Uganda, but the love story between Mina and Demetrius was found to be the more interesting avenue to explore. As a result of Taraporovala and Nair's research, the final film is rich with authenticity and has a universal quality to it that is portrayed by the very specific cultural milieu of its Mississippi setting. The cinematography of the film was provided by Ed Lockman, also known for his work on such films as Sofia Coppola's The Virgin Suicides, as well as the Todd Haynes-directed features Far From Heaven and Carol. Lockman's work in Mississippi Masala is bursting with lush colors, from the rolling green hills of Kampala to the dusty small-town roads of Greenwood, Mississippi. Lockman mentions in his interview with the Criterion Collection that he utilized different film stocks for both settings, shooting with saturated colors for Mississippi while using Fuji film stock for Uganda, which lent itself well to greens, ambers, yellows, and browns. Two beautiful shots in the film are where Mina and Demetrius walk side by side along the bayou and at the beach, and it's quite delightful that two defining moments of their courtship take place alongside bodies of water. For instance, some bayous are typically slow-moving streams, quite apt for the early stages of their relationship where they are gradually getting to know each other, while the larger beach alludes to vast possibilities on the horizon for the young couple. Mississippi Masala first opened in 1991 and was released domestically in the U.S. the following year. The film eventually made its way to DVD sometime in the early 2000s, but finding a copy of the film was quite the difficult task, as the disc fell out of print for well over a decade. In the spring of 2022, Mississippi Masala re-emerged for a small theatrical re-release nationwide and made its Blu-ray debut in July of 2022, courtesy of the Criterion Collection, which gave the film a 4K restoration supervised by both Mira Nair and Ed Lockman. Thirty years after its debut, Mississippi Masala resonates even more today, not just as a time capsule of the early 1990s, but as an intelligent, nuanced, and lively examination of race, racism, classism, and xenophobia with a captivating love story at its center. And that wraps it up for this week's episode of Do the Film Thing. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, please feel free to tune in next Sunday for episode 3 of season 1. Once again, my name is Victor Omoyo, and I'll see you next week. And until then, remember to do the film thing. Always. Always.